The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about dating, and I just was finishing reading this wonderful book by Bill Eddy and Megan Hunter called Dating Radar, Why Your Brain Says Yes to the One Who Will Make Your Life Hell. Oh my goodness, thank God I'm not dating right now. It's it's a tough scene out there. And here we are sitting at the University of California, Irvine, where people date all the time. And it's a scary situation. But this book is just really wonderful because it shows you what to look out for. And we are going to talk about this right now. But let me tell you about the people who we're going to talk about a uh, talk with today. First of all, Bill Eddy. Bill Eddy has been on our show several times. He's written many books. He's wonderful. He's a friend, and we just love to have him on. Bill Eddy is a lawyer. He's a therapist and a mediator in San Diego, California, and he is president of the High Conflict Institute. He provides training to professionals worldwide on the subject of managing high-conflict personalities and high-conflict disputes. And he's provided seminars of which I've attended to attorneys, mediators, judges, all sorts of people, human resource professionals, law enforcement, homeowners association. And he has presented in over 30 states, several provinces in Canada, England, France, Sweden, Austria, Australia, and New Zealand. And he's written just several, several books just a couple of them that are my favorite. It's All Your Fault, 12 Tips for Managing People Who Blame Others for Everything. There's just so many. I'm just not going to go through it because I want to talk about Megan because Megan has also written books. And let me tell you a little bit about her. Megan Hunter from Scottsdale, Arizona is an educator on high conflict disputes. And she also deals with complicated relationships and borderline disorder. She's the author of two books, Bait and Switch and Dating Radar, with co-author Bill Eddy, who we're going to talk to both of them. She's founder and publisher at Unhooked Media, and she says she's deliriously dedicated to the nonprofit organization, The Black Sheep Project, and that's for borderline disorder. So I'm so thrilled to have both of you. What fun to have you both on the show together. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much, Mari. Oh, great. So, Bill, Billy Boy, why did you write <laughs> Dating Radar? Why did you guys do this? Why did you write it right now? 
Well, we've actually been talking about it for about five years. We've worked together for about 12 years, mostly on separation and divorce and dealing with high-conflict separations and divorce. And so we've seen a lot of couples who say, oh, my goodness, you know, I had no clue what I was getting into. Or they said, you know, I kind of thought there might be problems, but I didn't think they'd be this difficult. So Mm -hmm. we wanted to help people kind of at the front end when they're meeting people, when they're dating. And in many ways, students are a really good group to get this because they're dating, but also people who've gotten divorced and are now dating again. So it really applies to to really any age group. We're seeing teenage couples that get together and then have a lot of trouble, and we hope that they read this too. But there's three things in particular that I want to mention that are changing at this point in time in history. One is there seems to be more high-conflict personalities in the world, and so people need to be more aware to watch out. Also, we know less about people than we used to know. It used to be, you know, my sister or my brother knew, you know, the woman I was dating, and now we just don't know really for sure. And with the Internet, people can fake who they are. Right. So these are a lot of the reasons. Yeah. No, I think it's so important. So, Megan, first I got to ask you, um, how was it writing this book together? You know, I wrote my book, Fighting for Love, with Leonard Simchuk, and it was really an experience. It took us two years to do it. So what was it like for the two of you, Megan, writing this book together? Well, for me, it was a pleasure because it's easy to write when you have a writing partner like Bill, who's written so many books. And I've published many of them through my little publishing company. So I, I kind of know his style, and we've worked together for a long time. So it was it was really easy for me to just kind of get in there once once he'd kind of laid down a foundation. Because um, this man can, can honestly um, type out a book very quickly. He has them stored in his head, so he, and he's very good with structure. So once he got it on paper, then it was easy for me to kind of go in and, and do my part. So oh, well, very that's, enjoyable. That's fun. But let me, let me add to this that it, it really was fun writing this with Megan because we've talked about it for several years, but it was so easy. It was surprisingly easy. So mm-hmm. I would write some, and then she would add to it, and she would write some, and I would add to it. And there really wasn't much uh, need to subtract from each other. I didn't mm. see anything that, you know, I had a lot of trouble with, and I don't think she said she had a lot of trouble with mine. So it was really kind of adding it together and being able to do it online. We, You know, we're writing, I think, the last week. We were kind of like, okay, here's, here it is, and I've got three hours to add to it, and then she's going to add to that. Yeah. So it, it was a very exciting but very easy and enjoyable process. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. I think you can learn so much from writing with somebody, you know, especially both of you um, are so adept at reducing conflict that you, you would have to practice what you preach. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
Right. <laughs> Which is what Leonard and I did too. We worked through all the things that we were doing when, you know, turned conflict into intimacy. We we weren't intimate. We were just intimate friends, but we really had to, you know, kind of reconcile a lot of the things that we saw differently, which I think only helps you grow. So I think it's fun to write a book together. I, I really loved it. So Megan, yeah. tell me, um, you mentioned that you gathered information from an online survey. So can you talk about that survey? And can my audience still take that survey? Why? Yes, they can. Um, so we decided that we wanted to um, get information from people who had been in high-conflict dating relationships. And of course, you know, we're in this industry of, of divorce like you are, um, and particularly high-conflict divorce and, and separations and custody battles and that kind of thing. So we have quite an audience or following of people who've been in these type situations. So we kind of started there, and we put 19 questions together to see if our theories would really hold up. I mean, we talked to many, many, you know, hundreds of people over the years who've been in, in really difficult situations um, in love relationships and divorces and all kinds of separations. So we, we had developed our own theories and by doing the survey we were able to see if those if our suppositions really held up. And what we found is that they did. <laughs> so um, it was it was kind of validating. But I think what, what happened with it, um, some of the questions are yes and no and you know check the check the, the box. But we also had some questions that were uh, people could write comment. And that was really fascinating to get real stories, real information. And those things did inform and validate our theories and, and the whole book altogether. So it was, it was pretty exciting. Yeah. So how can people, if they're listening, how can they go and take that survey? Well, we have developed a website, um, datingradar.com. It's actually dating-radar.com, um, just like the book. And um, they can take that right on the uh, on that website. It's just under the survey tab. Um, the exciting thing is it's really a short survey, 19 questions. And um, on the same page, you can click a box that says review the result, and you get a beautiful graphic, full-color display of all the results that have um, uh, been tabulated so far. And you can look at the comments that people have written. So um, tons of information in there. And I think it's even more um, helpful probably for people to, after after they've read the book, um, to go and look at these results and, and read the comments. I, I think things will make a lot more sense resonate for them. Right, right. So, Bill, I know that you are wonderful at looking at the four t- personality types to watch out for. So can you explain what those four personality types are? Yeah, basically, they're all under the category that we call high conflict personalities. And high conflict personalities have four key characteristics, lots of all or nothing thinking, unmanaged emotions, extreme behavior, and a preoccupation with blaming others. Now that overlaps with personality disorders. Some people with personality disorders have high conflict personalities because of that target of blame. Other people with personality disorders don't. So the four types we talk about are narcissistic high conflict personalities, and they have a lot of self-centeredness, but they like to be superior, so they put other people down. If you're their partner, you start going, wait a minute, why are you putting me down so much, or why are you insulting me? or doing it even publicly. 
and puffing themselves up. Uh, they want to be praised all the time. People have the feeling that, that they're not in the relationship. There's only room for their narcissistic high-conflict partner. So mm-hmm. that's one of the types. Right. Another is, is borderline personality and disorder. And some people with that disorder are not high-conflict people, but some people are. And that, that person has a lot of mood swings, sudden intense anger. And in dating relationships, for example, you go, whoa, where did that come from? Now the person's screaming at me over the phone or, mm-hmm. or they just slapped me or something like that. And so there's that pattern. And these are just real brief. The book right. goes into more depth. Absolutely. There's, yeah, there's the sociopath or antisocial personality who's kind of a con artist and really enjoys manipulating people. And they can be the most charming people in the world. That's part of what we want to warn people about. Right. Is charm. Charm is one of the warning signs. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. And then lastly is the histrionic personality that's very dramatic. Dramatic. Everything is a crisis, and if they also are a high-conflict person, then the crisis is always the other partner's fault. So you can see all four of these, if they're high-conflict personalities, are blaming their partner, and that's why we talk about making your life hell. No one wants that. No, no. And, you know, when you get into a relationship and you think you can change someone, that's the biggest mistake, right? <laughs> that's one of ours. We found basically what we called naive. Naive beliefs, right. and that's one of the one of the three naive beliefs is that you can change the person. And keep in mind, if the person's twenty or thirty or forty or fifty or sixty, that it's a little late for you to change them. And high conflict people rarely change, so that's something to be aware right, of. Right, right. Megan, is everyone who has or may have a personality disorder of one of these types that, that Bill just talked about are are all these people to watch out for? Yeah, great question. Because this is this is a you know very important distinction. Um, not everyone who has a personality disorder or the traits of one um, is uh, one of these high conflict personalities that we talk about, and that's really what this book is about. People who have a high conflict personality, they're at one end of the spectrum. So if you look at personality disorders of over a, a sort of a A to Z spectrum, um, it's only those at the extreme behavior end of spectrum that are the sort of high conflict personalities. And the way you can tell and kind of differentiate them from um, everyone else is that they have a target of blame. And that's really important to understand because we don't want to um, anyone to think that someone has a personality disorder is this person that, that we're writing about in this book, Dating Radar. It's really those at that extreme end. Those are the folks that we've seen in high-conflict divorce battles and just high-conflict disputes um, in any setting, really, like community, neighbor, family, um, etc. They cause so much chaos and they cause harm and damage and um, you know everything from just making your life miserable to, um, you know, potentially uh, being violent or um, even, um, you know, in the worst case, death. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have to be really careful that we don't um, look at, at everyone, say that everyone with a personality disorder it will do this. It's just a, a, a small percentage at one end of the spectrum. But that small percentage is still a large number of the population. So you have to watch out for them because you do that they're increased anxiety. 
Yeah, and I think what's scary is when you first meet them, a lot of them are really intelligent. They seem so loving. They seem so outgoing and fun and, you know, the life of the party. In fact, you list a bunch of this that could, you call it jam your radar. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. at first they can come across so um, engaging and wonderful, right? Absolutely. (laughs) That's that's the scary part. So, So, Bill, you say in the book that hike, we're going to talk about that. You say that the people will jam your radar. Can you explain a little bit more about that and how to keep them from jamming your radar? Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And here's where the survey, I think, was really helpful because we asked people a variety of kind of warning signs or things that they missed. And we really narrowed it down to four key behaviors that jam people's radar. And the first one is charm. And as I mentioned before, charm is something that people love. You love to get the full attention, to have someone, you know, whining and dining you or or just encouraging you and just being so fun and exciting. And that's a warning sign. Um, It's amazing. But some people will even say this is the guy seemed too good to be true or the woman (laughs) seemed too good to be true. And you have to pay attention to that thought because a lot of the high conflict personalities start out charming. And in a way, they're excessive because they're counterbalancing all the negativity that's hidden under the surface. Mm. The second thing, second thing we found was what we call a fake compatibility is the person would go, oh, wow, I, I have that same interest. Oh, let's, let's do that mm. together. And they would seem like they would make themselves look like perfect match. And many people told us after they made a commitment, the person dropped all their interests that they thought were having were compatible. It was fake all along. Wow. And so people have to be skeptical about that. A third thing was overt sexuality or sensuality. And it's tricky because dating nowadays is is something, you know, sex is part of dating and that's a reality and, and everyone knows that. But People have to be careful and cautious that they don't blind themselves or be, be um, jammed right. by sexuality. Because all those chemicals, you know, excitement and everything can cloud your thinking and jam your radar. So that's something to be aware of. It doesn't. We're not saying don't have sex, but we are saying be aware this can influence you and you still want to keep some healthy skepticism. Right. The last, yeah, and, and the fourth thing that we found a lot of people said uh, was was a protectiveness that the person really seemed like Prince Charming or the life of the party or you know a woman was like a movie star she just stunned me and so this sense of they're going to take care of me they're going to make everything wonderful for me was another jam another way that people were deceived and again once they made a commitment that whole protective uh, message often disappeared and now the person became someone that wanted you to take care of them instead of them showing how good they'd be at taking care of you so those four things really stood out and they all mislead you so we said they jam your radar yeah and i think that's what's so hard because if you make your list of what you want in a person and you know which i did when i met my husband lloyd you know and you know especially if you've been divorced once you you know what you 
don't want, right? So then it's a good idea to write down what you do want. But a lot of these things that you just talked about, whether it's, um, you know, being charming or being compatible or, or, you know, all the things being taken care of, you know, interdependence or even, you know, being sexually attracted to them. Those are all things that kind of say, wow, this person is great. So when is that point? I mean, because you could have somebody who's a Prince Charming, right? You could have somebody. When Sometimes there are. Right, yeah, Sometimes right. there are. So well, when that, do you me... know? When do you know? Or when should you? Yeah, I guess you just have to watch for the nuances, Bill. <clears throat> well, here's, here's the thing. We, we really came up with three things in the book. Is One is maintain a healthy skepticism. Right. And I like to tell people at my seminars that I never believe anybody 100%, even myself. I never know when my own brain is playing tricks on me. <laughs> right. And dating is a time that your brain plays tricks on you. And that's why the title of the book, When Your Brain Says Yes to the One Who Will Make Your Life Hell. So you got to kind of keep your brain in check. The second thing is watch for extremes. And it's really finding balance. So if someone is extremely charming, that's a warning sign. Mm-hmm. If someone is extremely perfect, if they are extremely this or extremely that. As one person in the sem- in the uh, survey said, if, if you're getting a 9 or 10, watch out on a scale of 10. If you're getting a 6 or 7, that's, that's a really, that's good. But if you're getting a 9 or 10, you got to look more closely. Mm-hmm. And it almost could be for any area. But the last thing, and this may be hard for some people to hear, is that we say, take your time making a commitment. Like, give it at least a year before you get married or before you have kids, things like that. Because it's the commitment, when you make the commitment, that you start seeing more of the other side, if there is another side. So. Um, now, sometimes people say, does that mean should we live together or not? Or you're not saying don't have sex for a year. We're not really saying that, but we're saying making a long-term commitment. Uh, sometimes living together is revealing and helpful, but you don't have to live together to get to know a person over a year. If you're having an intimate relationship, you're going to see the warning signs within a year, but not necessarily the first couple months. Yeah. And you know, Bill, sometimes what people will say to me, you know, I had a gut feeling, but I ignored it. You know, I think that's the scary part, right? Yep. And, and we ran into that. A lot of people said, I did, you know, I wasn't sure, but the, the wedding was going to be in two mm. days, so I decided I just better go ahead with it. <laughs> yeah. Things yeah. like that. Yeah. So, Megan, um, when, when the people read your book, which I love it, but it does give you a lot of good things to protect yourself, do you think it's going to make people more nervous about dating, or is it going to help them to say, oh, I know what to do now? Well, I hope it makes them nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Because nervous may um, lead to being more cautious and more careful. And we don't want to scare people. Um, you know, the, the, the book cover has it, the, the heart trap. Um, yeah. It looks like a bear trap, but then right. a heart shape. And I've had a few people say, oh, it's just fierce. But, you know, we did that for a reason. These are fierce relationships, and you have to be aware. We've just seen too many people really get creamed. And they're, they're, if they have children, you know, everyone's affected. And this infects, affects your life. This affects your livelihood. It, it just affects your health and everything. So, um, yeah, we do want people to pay attention. And, and um, I, I, I think for those of us that are probably over 35 or 40, we've, we've had our divorce maybe or, um, or maybe more than one. 
And um, maybe we are a little bit more cautious, but we could be also kind of repeating some of the same patterns and we don't know what to look for. And, and we found that with a lot of people. Um, so we think with, with folks that have been down the road and maybe been in a high-conflict relationship in the past, um, they really need this so they can know what to watch for and know what pa- patterns they're repeating so they can break them. And then for the millennials, I see them being perhaps, I hope, <laughs> um, going more along the relationship um, intelligence line. Um, than maybe their folks did. And, and I think a lot of millennials have seen their parents go through some pretty awful divorces or they've seen that in, on television and reality shows or they hear about it in, in news and celebrities. So um, hopefully they want to avoid doing that. And a book like this, this kind of information can give them that kind of intelligence. It, it's really not rocket science, um, but you do have to pay attention and you have to be motivated to want what's best for you. For those who are you know, more vulnerable, let's say, they're kind of naive or they might have some kind of an, an abusive background, um, they might be way more vulnerable to this type of relationship. So those who've had an abusive background um, or you think that there can't be people out there who will do you harm in a relationship, you're the ones that should read books <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more yeah. than anyone else um, to really get you know <clears throat> killed up so you don't make this mistake and yeah. really regret it later. I love the way you end the book. What does what a healthy relationship feel like? And these are really great way to end and end with us too. It says, um, you're never called names, demeaned, put down, or humiliated. And I, I wanted to mention, I have a friend from high school that has a very demeaning husband who puts her down in front of other people. It drives me crazy. I'm always saying, why do you why do you mm-hmm. put up with this? And, and how she answers me is, he doesn't drink, he doesn't run around with other women like my father did. And so that is her threshold, <laughs> is he doesn't mm-hmm. drink and run around, but so she's willing to put up with this demeaning. And and, you know, I have to let go. It's her karma. But it just um, is so sad. And I think there are people yeah. like that who just kind of accept things and, and don't, you know, watch their boundaries in such a way to accept that kind of stuff. So I love these things that you have. You know, your opinion matters. You don't walk on eggshells. Um, your partner is stable. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. These are beautiful things, right? Right, right. And we we wrote the entire book and it's, you know, it's Bill and I do this work uh, with high conflict um, disputes day in and day out. It's all we think about. So we're kind of used to it. Um, so writing the book, even though there are, it, it does kind of, t- not entirely negative, but no. it, you know, it's not super happy. But we got to the end and I thought, you know, Bill, we have not even talked about then what it feels like to be on the other side. And I right. think, just like you were saying with your friend, I think your friend doesn't know what it feels like to be on that other side. Right. You know, what it, what it, what it really, really feels like to be in that good relationship. And so we, we put those little tips in there or, you know, what yeah. it really does feel like. And then we took a story that we used in chapter one to really illustrate what a high conflict relationship, um, what some of the features and elements of, of that relationship would look like. And, it, you know, swearing and um, put, demeaning, putting someone down and right. um, just control and jealousy and just, it's just ugly. So we took the same story and we copy pasted it at the end, into the end of the last chapter. Yes, yes. And then we we took a, uh, you know, the strike you crossed out. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Crossed yeah. out all the, yeah. uh, anything that was, was ugly. Anything that was high conflict and just let, was left with the good stuff. And that's what a healthy relationship should look like. So anyone who's listening to this, if you, you know, have that kind of a relationship, write down your story and then cross out all of the ugly stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever's left, if that, if that doesn't match your
your relationship, then you should probably move on. Yeah. And you know, Megan, it's time to go. So just give your website because we are All right. Okay. You bet. Dating-radar.com. And uh, you can find us in any bookstore, digital, audio. Great. This book is everywhere. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. You did a great job and I love it. And it's always great to uh, talk to you. And it's so wonderful to meet you, Megan. So thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot. All righty. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 830 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. You gotta fight both night and day.